This podcast deals with issues about LGBT families and trans-specific topics. We would love to hear from you and welcome your questions and comments. However, we will not tolerate any discriminatory language or hate speech, so please, just don't do it. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Coffee Break, presented by Our Life in Transition. times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. I uh, I go back from time to time to Thomas Paine and that quote from American Crisis um, because um, it centers me. Um, and I've done that in some of my YouTube videos. I might have even done it on the podcast once or twice before. Uh, and I need some centering right now. Um, well, hello, first of all. This is Shannon, if you haven't guessed. Um, thank you for joining me on another coffee break. I haven't done one of these in a few months, in six months or so, actually, um, since June. Um since we were in the middle of the protests over the summer, and I had hoped that when I got around to doing a new one, it would be on something a little bit happier. Um, But let's not mince words. Um, There was a terrorist attack on the Capitol yesterday. That's it. That's... I'm not... um, a managed news pundit. I'm not going to massage my language um if you've listened to my podcasts uh before you know that i um don't do that sort of thing but what happened yesterday wasn't a protest okay um insurrection is a good word um what what we saw yesterday was terrorism plain and simple um And I I have been frustrated over the past um, over the past day listening to people drone on and on about this is not who we are. Stop it, guys. Yes, it is. It most certainly is who we are. Um, I was watching the news earlier, and um, Professor Eddie Glaude Jr. 
um, was speaking to this, that this is a consistent through line um, through American history. He took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I, there is a element that was present during the American Revolution that was that enabled us as a country to look at the British and go, fuck you. No, you can't tell us what to do. You don't control us. What you're doing is wrong and we're going to fight you because what you're doing is not okay. Unfortunately, that element has lingered in a more corrupted form throughout our history as a nation. The sentiment of nobody can tell me what to do. That when I don't get my way, I'm going to fight you is a problem. And it's, it's fine to have opinions. It's fine to grumble. It's fine to protest. It's fine to vote. The problem arises when you have done all of the things that we have agreed upon as a nation are our methods of speaking up and fighting for what you believe in. And when you don't get you your way, then you just have a temper tantrum and you get violent. Um, it's... And, and the... The entitlement of people, the ever-present white supremacy in this country, um, have made very familiar bedfellows with that sentiment in the American populace. And it's what led to the Civil War. They organized and codified it then. Um, and even after it is what allowed uh, for the downfall of Reconstruction, for outright coups um, in North Carolina, in other places. It's what led to Tulsa. It's what led to um, the horrors of Jim Crow. Uh, it's what led to um, our rampant police brutality. It's what led to Kenosha. It's what led to yesterday. And what yesterday was supposed to be was a pro forma formality. It, it, it was certifying the results of the Electoral College is a very small and minor part of uh, our election process. Which is convoluted and should, in my opinion, be reformed. But what it is um, does does not mean that we can um, negotiate and argue and debate and try to wrangle a win after the fact. The election's over. The election is over. It has been over. Um, and that fucking bloviated 
piece of shit that has been sitting in the White House for the past four years. Um, it just gen- gen- genuinely cannot get past the fact that somebody told him no for once in his life. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this because I need to get some of this off of my chest. I need to get it out. So this is going to be rambly, but you were told this was going to happen. Okay. Um, I find it humorous. Um, if you follow my Instagram, um, you're familiar every Tuesday post a transition Tuesday photo, you know, kind of talking about, um, changes that have happened in my transition and, um, how things have, have evolved and kind of reflecting. And it's good for me to look back and see how far I've come. Um, it's good for other people when I or, um, other trans people share our stories because it helps, you know, it helps the newly, uh, newly out or those whose eggs have just cracked, um, see what their future could be. And I, I know early in my transition, it gives me, it gave me a lot of hope. Um, and you know, th- my before picture was one from, um, a trip that Rachel and I took to Disney World for our 10th anniversary. And I had, it's a picture of me in the Orlando airport with my Masonic hat on. It's just a good before picture of me before I, I came out before I started my social or physical transition. Um, and, you know, it's, it's such a good picture. In fact, that when Rachel actually saw it, she gasped at how different I look. Um, but <laughs> I had... Um, one of the brothers from my Masonic Lodge come onto my page and comment about how I was talking politics because it was the same day as the Georgia runoff. So I was talking politics while wearing the symbol of a men's organization that part of their tradition is not to talk, um, politics. Which is bullshit. Uh, if you have ever been in Masonic Lodge, it, in the lodge, you're not supposed to talk politics. There's a lot of very political um, Freemasons, and I was always one that, um, whenever somebody would start talking politics in the lodge, not even necessarily in the lodge room itself, but in and around the lodge, um, in a group setting with other. Um, members to, this is not the time or place for that, so just stop. Um, but I wasn't in the lodge, it's just an old picture of me, it just happens to be that I was wearing the hat. Um, but this same person, um, who decided to come into my comments with this childish, passive-aggressive, I don't even know if you want to call it passive-aggressive comment, um, is also the same person, and I think I might have spoken to this in one of the episodes Rachel and I did where we were talking about what happened right after the, the election and how um, I felt right after the election. You know, that in the midst of me crying because Donald Trump was elected president, um, 
he came to me and he was like, why, why are so many people upset? Why are you upset? I need, I, I'm trying to understand. Um, he wasn't. And I, I realized that then, that he was just wanted to fucking argue. Um, and I told him, I told him what we saw yesterday is what I was afraid of. The racism that was being fomented, the bigotry, the hatred, the anti-intellectualism, the fascism. That's what I was afraid of. And uh, the I have no time anymore for mealy-mouthed equivocations about what we're dealing with. There is a fascist in the White House. And yesterday was an attempted coup to overthrow the government of the United States. Congress was in session doing its constitutional duties. And Donald Trump got on a stage in front of thousands of his supporters, whipped them into a frenzy for a couple of hours, and then said, go march on the Capitol and then took his ass back into the White House and watched. Um, and there is going to be a lot of fallout. There is going to be investigations as to what the fuck the Capitol Police were doing because um, it's fishy. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk and maybe some action as to um, members of Congress like Josh Hawley who um, were supporting this insurrection um, and and there are going to be and there are comparisons to how protesters who were marching for the right to exist as free and equal people in this country and not be killed by the police for being black were treated versus violent armed protesters who were storming the capital of our nation waving confederate flags in the rotunda of the capitol building threatening members of congress their staff law enforcement destroying the building, looting the building, and trying to stop the operation of our election process because they didn't like that Donald Trump lost. You know, uh, I am no fan of Mitt Romney, um, but when, when the Senate got back to business last night, um, one of the things he said was, yeah, I, I know what it's like to lose an election. It's not fun. But this isn't how we do things. Um, and the problem is we have been led to believe that we all agree in the rule of law. Um, we all 
believe in democracy. And I hope that people who have been saying that are somewhat disabused of that notion. Now, we don't. There are people in this country who do not believe in democracy, who do not believe in rule of law, who do not believe in freedom and equality, and they never have, and they never will. And this fiction that we keep selling, that this is what we stand for, and therefore that's what everybody believes, and where everybody is coming from, is bullshit. Um, it's what we should believe. It is the principles that, at least in spirit, were put forward by the Founding Fathers, though in practice not so much. Um, and I believe in compromise. I believe in debate and rhetoric and finding a middle ground and coming together. I do. But when you coddle extremist ideology for uh, 245 years, um, when you coddle and you permit rampant ill behavior, people think that they can get away with that. Uh, you know, I'm a parent, and I can tell you firsthand if you um, are continually permissive when your child acts up, they're going to continue act, acting up, and sooner or later they're going to um, escalate. They're going to see what else they can get away with. Um, and when you don't shut that shit down, um, sooner or later it gets to a point that you have lost control and you can no longer stop them. I don't believe that we've completely lost control, but we're getting fucking close. Um, and you know, I, I said before how you know, this through line that is present, um, sort of codified around the Civil War. The, the Confederacy was Al-Qaeda. What we saw yesterday was ISIS. It's not as organized, mind you. But, you know, if you replace the language on the flags and you change out the color palette from camo to black, you, you show me the difference. You know, somebody said uh, in an interview yesterday, you know, we need to quell this so that we don't have a perpetual... Um, insurrectionist movement we already do it's too late we we, we have you know uh the I, I don't know what people think the kkk was i don't know what people think um police who um will tell elected officials that they have no power over them are i don't know what uh they thought the Bundy family taking over um, national parkland was. This concept 
that some people in our country don't need to follow the rule of law because they are privileged enough not to have to has been a problem and we have not dealt with it. And if we don't deal with it, this country is not going to be a country any longer. And, you know, I, I get people wanting to come together and have peace. I get that. But just because you want it doesn't mean it exists and doesn't mean that the other side's going to agree to it. Uh, I understand not wanting to exacerbate the situation. I understand wanting to get back to a calmer state and cool things down. You can't always do that. You know, that's the tactic that, you know, we criticize Neville Chamberlain for trying to appease Hitler in the beginning of World War II. We criticize other nations when they are permissive of terrorist organizations in their country. But we have a terrorist organization here. It's loose, like Al-Qaeda, like ISIS. Um, they have pockets, they have cells, and they don't necessarily have a top-down clear leadership. And it's obvious that a lot of these people think that they found their great leader in Donald Trump because he's a craven, self-interested demagogue, and they're a bunch of useful idiots. I don't know what's going to happen over the next two weeks. As I'm recording this, it is January 7th. Um, it's, you know, everybody's like, oh, 2020 sucked. 2021, you know, come on, let's be a good year. We had a good five days. You know, we got through the weekend. Monday and Tuesday were all right. Um, Wednesday, all hell broke loose. Um, and, you know, in dramatic fashion, I have to give it to you, 2021. So, can you stop? I hope. Um, but him being in power for the next two weeks is dangerous. Um, there are people who, um, in Congress who are drafting up impeachment um, charges. Because he incited, he incited a, a I don't even want to call it a riot. An insurrection. What happened yesterday was sedition. Plain and simple. Um, it, there are people who are calling on Mike Pence to, and the cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment. Um, yeah, do, do one of those. I, I think, it, it, you know, not that it is going to necessarily go anywhere. If they were to impeach and remove him, um, that would preclude him from holding any future office. I'm not quite sure if the 25th Amendment would do that as well. I don't think so. But, um, I mean, it's clear that he, he, he has no plans on going anywhere. Not only just, you know, hanging around in the White House and um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> having to be dragged out by the Secret Service on uh, January 20th, uh, but as a figure of opposition in this country he doesn't plan on going anywhere and i am afraid of what he's going to do in the next two weeks if he is not removed he has the nuclear football he has broad military powers um and he has shown that he's not constrained by morality 
or law in any way, shape, or form. And he will do whatever he feels like doing that will best serve him. I, he, he's not to be trusted. I, I don't trust that he wouldn't. And for the past five years now, five plus years, the, the people rolling their eyes and going, you're being dramatic. You're being hyperbolic. He wouldn't do that. That's never going to happen. Um, I, ho- I hope that you all have a wake-up call. I know some people some people won't. Um, I, there's people um, very close to me who are going along with the bullshit um, propaganda that it... Well, it wasn't really um, any of his supporters that did it. It was Antifa in disguise. Uh, just so you're aware... Um, if Antifa wanted to do something like that, they wouldn't waste time spending money on Trump paraphernalia. You know, uh, they're not going to waste money on that. Um, and, uh, if they were going to, uh, do something dramatic, they, they wouldn't stand there and listen to Donald Trump ramble on giving a speech to then go try to frame, uh, his supporters. That's not a factual thing. But the problem is, logic doesn't matter to these people. Intelligence and thoughtfulness and truth doesn't matter to these people. At at this point, it's not even clear that their ideology, that even white supremacy matters to these people. They're just insane and radicalized. What I saw yesterday was madness there was no plan it was just lashing out it was a national sorry an international temper tantrum because other countries are looking at us and going what the fuck america are you america because this looks like venezuela or some third world country this looks like a banana republic what is going on this is not the United States. The United States is supposed to be the beacon of freedom in the world. And not that we have always looked up to that ideal, but this is not who you're supposed to be. And like in any family, there's always skeletons, there's always truths that you don't want to necessarily talk about, bring up, and discuss the dirty parts of your family. You don't want to address the problems. And like a lot of families, those won't get addressed until they're out in public and those outside of your household are looking at you and going, what the fuck is going on there? You people need to get your shit together. And maybe we will. Maybe this will be the thing to to do it. I I, I don't know. Um, I, I will say that that I wanted to see police brutality yesterday. It didn't. Um, if, if ever there was a situation where the kind of force that we saw over the summer on peaceful protesters would be somewhat warranted, it, yesterday was it. Um, you know, and there was, there was one person that was killed, that was shot. A couple people had some other... Um, medical issues and died so you know 
there's four people that are dead. Um, there is a part of me that wants to be charitable and good and above it all and mourn the loss of life. And I'm trying to find a way to do that. Um, and there is a part of me that wants to go, well, you know, these people were misled. They didn't know any better, but there is no excuse for what happened yesterday. And while the better part of me doesn't want to see that kind of loss of life, there need to be other consequences. People need to go to jail. If we don't follow through and there are no consequences for what happened yesterday, it's going to happen again. I'm, I worry for the inauguration. I worry that that was a trial run. I worry that seeing how easy it was to just rush the Capitol, um, the more organized and more thoughtful people would be inclined to do likewise in a more um, structured and organized way in some future date. I'm, I'm afraid. I am afraid. And I don't know what's going to happen going forward. And, you know, going back to that shitty comment about me talking politics while displaying a picture that one half of which was me and my Masonic hat from four years ago. This idea that it's bad to talk politics needs to die. This idea that, oh, well, I don't involve myself in it. Well, that's good for you. I'm glad that you feel so privileged that you don't have to face reality. That must be so nice for you. But, you know, we have this adage in our country, like, oh, well, I don't talk politics or religion. Well, not talking politics or religion is what led to this. People don't understand civics because we don't teach it. People don't understand politics because we don't talk about it in an intelligent and clear and cogent fashion. We treat it like football or some other sporting event where you don't have to know the ins and outs of the game and how it works. You just go and scream, yay team, whether you're really invested in it or not. You get a t-shirt. It's a fun time to go and cheer and make a ruckus. You know, o over the summer, there were a lot of um, photos that came out of like, well, you know, this is what happens when, you know, sporting fa fans start a riot. You know, they don't receive the kind of treatment that protesters who are marching for their lives and their right to not be shot by police receive. I don't understand what, what the difference is. And, and that's what yesterday was. It was an unhinged mob action. It was them lashing out about their grievances and their bullshit made up issues and their conspiracy theories and their privileged grievances. Yesterday was about 
power. It was about feeling strong. And it wasn't about um, any actual concerns. It wasn't about the election. It wasn't about illegality and voter fraud, which did not actually happen, to be clear. Because if that was what it was about, they would have let the moronic members in Congress and the Republican Party who were going along with this foolishness continue to waste time and talk because that's what they were doing when they stormed the Capitol. They were arguing about the election. They were delaying things. They were making it harder for Joe Biden to transition into his administration. They were doing the work that they said that they wanted to happen, which they shouldn't have been doing. But these politicians are so craven in their desire to be reelected and their fear of Donald Trump and these assholes who then tried to, um, who then put them in danger shortly thereafter, that they don't have the spine, the fortitude to stand up and go, no, no, you don't get to have a fit because you didn't get your way. You don't get to have a riot. You don't get to attack people. You don't get to chase down lone Capitol Police officers through the hallways of the United States Capitol. You don't get to put Trump flags on statues in Statuary Hall. You don't get to wave Confederate flags in the fucking Capitol of the United States of America. You don't get to try to overthrow the government because you're whiny. What we saw yesterday was sedition, plain and simple. There were some bright spots. Some Republicans in Congress had a come to Jesus moment. I'm glad that they did. It's a little too little too late, to be perfectly honest. It's... I, after, after the Capitol building was secured and they, and they got back into session to certify the electoral results... I heard from Republicans, some of the most impassioned, Aaron Sorkin-like, West Wing-sounding speeches about uh, the American project that I have ever heard in my life. It sounded fictional. It sounded like a script. It sounded made up. And I don't know that it wasn't. I don't know that it was how they truly feel or whether they were just trying to sound good for the cameras. I don't know. But if that's what they truly believe, then they should have fought for that the past four years, the past five years. They should have been fighting for that for the past <laughs> 20 years. They should have been fighting for that all of their lives. That's what they should be fighting for every day. And, you know, even in doing that, a lot of them undercut their message by saying, oh, well, we still have questions about the election. Like, no, you don't. You don't actually believe that there was any fraud. You just are trying to figure out how to finagle a system so that you maintain your power. And I hope in the coming months to see some reforms because they've lost their power now. It is an interesting side note to this story that in the midst of the Capitol being locked down and members of Congress sheltering in place, and after Mitch McConnell going, oh, this is dangerous, well, now I'm scared, uh, that he, he became the minority leader. 
and they say he became the minority leader. Obviously, Georgia needs to certify their elections and need to send um, Senator Ossoff and Warnock to, to Congress. Um, but what happens next is up in the air. However, we have an opportunity to reinforce the principles that we claim to believe in. We have an opportunity to make this a better system. We have an opportunity to make reforms, to make this a more equitable nation. And we have an opportunity to finally stand up and face the problems that have been holding us back for two and a half centuries. I hope that we take it. I don't know if we will. I, I don't have faith in it happening. But I have had uh, the weird misfortune or experience, at least, of living through multiple historic events. It's tiring. It's exhausting. Um, and on occasion, I've been very surprised. I hope to be pleasantly surprised again. And despite what um, people in my family or old lodge members or random assholes on the internet want to say, I will not shut up. I will use whatever platform I have to speak out, to fight for equality, to fight for freedom, to fight for what is right and good in this world, however I can. Some people look at how fucked up a state we are in and just want to walk away. Say, fuck it, let's go to Canada. Well, Canada's got problems too, but they are ready to give up. And I understand that sentiment. I do. I wholeheartedly feel it. I, I get where they're coming from. But I love my country. And as much as that hurts as a trans person, as a brown person, as a person of conscience, as much as it pains me, I cannot just walk away. Because although we have never achieved the aspirations that we ex extol or the aspirations that we project and claim, if we walk away, if we allow the symbol that America is supposed to be to die, I don't know where or if we will see it's like again. Certainly not in my lifetime. Um, American exceptionalism, American power can be dangerous, but it can also do great good. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a comic book geek, and you know, people like to write stories about evil Superman. Like you know, well, such such and such thing happened, and Superman lost his shit and went crazy, and look how much damage he did. And that's always a potential thing with that character. But just like Superman, when you have that level of power, you also have 
the ability to do great good in the world. And as a different superhero often tells us, with great power must also come great responsibility. There's lessons to be learned in fiction. There are. But there's lessons to be learned in history. And it was pointed out yesterday that the last republic before ours was Rome. And they were mismanaged and they were overrun by conspiracy and ineffectual politicians and descended into chaos. And afterwards were taken over by a dictator. And there wasn't another democracy for almost 2,000 years. So, might doesn't make right. And when you have might, like our country does, you need to be damn sure that you're doing right when you use it. And so it is incumbent upon us as citizens to make sure that we, we are putting people in power that will wield that power responsibly. This is a country of the people, by the people, and for the people. We have a government formulated by the consent of the governed. So when people tell you, oh, stop talking politics, tell them to shut the fuck up. Life is politics. People's lives are affected on a daily basis by politics. It isn't some abstract thing. It is how we organize our ourselves as a society. It is how we decide we're going to operate as a people. So when somebody says to you, oh, well, I, I'm not interested in politics. Well, just tell them, make sure that you, they know how fucking lazy they are. Because it's just, it's weak to not take a stand, to not fight for what's right. And if you think you're fighting for what's right, you better make damn sure that what you are fighting for is not to hurt people. Like what we saw yesterday. I'm sure those people, a lot of them thought, oh, I'm doing what's right. Well, are you? And I'm sure morons will hear this and go, oh, what about Antifa and protests and over the summer? Like, well, you know, there's a difference between um, responding to brutality and fomenting it. Um, and as much violent response that we did see, I have to say, the percent, the preponderance of considered restraint that we saw over the summer is astonishing. Especially when viewed in light of what happened yesterday. Because those people had privilege. They had power. And they weren't on the right side of history. My fingers are crossed. I am... I'm not cautiously optimistic, but I'm cautiously waiting. <laughs> Um, I hope that you all are safe. I hope that you all are okay. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, I'm not. 
I'm physically okay. I'm not mentally or emotionally okay right now. I'm not. Um, my heart hurts right now. And whatever you believe in, I, you are the type of person that um, is apt to pray. Do it. Um, whatever way you try to manifest positivity in the universe, go ahead and th throw it out there because it's needed now. Um, but in any case, I, I thank you for listening to my ramblings. Um, letting me get this off my chest. And keep your eyes open. Keep your head up. Keep going. We're going to get through this together. Thank you for listening. This has been Coffee Break, presented by Our Life in Transition. Our producer is Shannon McDill. Our theme music is Silky Smooth by Jens Kielsoft. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash olitpod. That's forward slash O-L-I-T-P-O-D. Your support makes this show possible. Thank you. <laughs>